Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. This episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors, Galaxy Finance. Sponsors and personal friends that I trust, that I trust enough to go to with questions about my own finances. That's not a sales pitch, that's fact. Any questions, any queries, they have the solutions from home loan lending to complete financial planning. With official interest rates at an all-time low, the lenders want your business. With Galaxy Finance, they'll do all the work for you and find the best possible deal. They'll do it all. Get in contact, ask for Leanne, and mention Unfiltered for a free chat. A free chat. No obligations. A free chat just by mentioning Unfiltered. Galaxyfinance.com.au is where you can find them. Welcome back to Andy Raymond Unfiltered. This is the Legend Series with Nathan Kalis, Part 2. Just the whole idea was just to keep it as normal as possible, just to keep the week normal. You know, it was our first go at a grand final. Yep. We we'd sort of never been there. Brian had been there, so we, you know, we trusted that. We thought, okay, yep, you know what you're doing. Went down to Wollongong for a few days and did the whole week. The whole week was great. And then I remember going to the toss before the game, and uh, whenever I'd go and toss the coin with uh, Andrew Johns, we'd have a bit of a joke and muck around. And this day he was like, I went to have a bit of a joke. He just didn't respond at all. It was just like fuming. He just had this look on his eye, in his eyes and wow. I was like, wow, this guy's, a bit, this guy's a bit different today. And and then he sort of brained it. He, he had the game of his life. I mean, he's had a whole heap of games yep. and, and they, they tore us apart early. I think we tried to shift the ball early in the game, made an error, and then we were camped on our own line for the first 20 minutes. Uh, first 20 minutes was 18-0, halftime 24-0. Got ourselves together in the second half, but you know, the first half was just mm. we just didn't start well. Um, so that was yeah, that was that was so disappointing. But as young guys, when you sort of look back, we just sat in the sheds and went, oh well, we'll win it next year and we'll yep. win it year after. But we didn't make another one for eight years, uh, so it's so hard to so hard to make, let alone win. So yeah, obviously very disappointing. But you learn a lot of good things about those you know those times. Um, you know, a lot of people would sort of say. Do you regret not winning a grand final? Obviously you do, but you mm. learn a lot of things about it um, and you learn a lot of things about yourself. So, yeah, it's just uh, yeah, super, so disappointing, but um, not much you can do about it now. Brian Smith, uh, you've had a long relationship with him, a very positive one too. He's a polarising dude. It seems most people either they've got an opinion one way or another. They either love him or they hate him. He was often blamed for for Parramatta's failures. Unfair? Yeah, so unfair, mate. He prepared us uh, to the nth degree. Even the couple of years before that, you know, mm. the Bulldogs, 98, 99, it was there. It was it was up to us players on the field. We just we just couldn't get the job done. Even, you know, 2001, uh, and then there was another one, 2005. Uh, yeah. Prelim against uh, North Queensland Cowboys. Yeah, we were going to go into... We're going to go into the game, into the grand final, play West Tigers, and we've beaten them a couple of times, and we just didn't turn up that day. So the way he prepares teams, uh, second to none, Brian. And I suppose a lot of the comments that come from uh, come from people about Brian is they wouldn't really know what Brian's really like because he's, yeah. he's very personal, very private. 
you know, he's got a he's got strong opinions mm-hmm. of what he believes in, and that's what you want as a coach. Uh, and when you are coaching, you can't have any doubt. You mm-hmm. can't allow your players to have any doubt at all that, you know, if if the coach, you know, if the coach is asking you to run through a brick wall, you need to go. Yes, I'm going to do that for you, or not have any hint of doubt or shadow of doubt. As soon as yep. you have that, your team won't perform, and that's what the good coaches do. And he certainly did that for us. You know, he. He developed us as young men and young footy players. Uh, a lot of the lessons that we learned when we were young uh, ring true to now as, mm. as fathers and, and husbands and trying to teach our our kids the same sort of thing. So I would definitely say you know, people that think he's polarising, all this sort of stuff, opinionated, they don't really know what Brian's really like and probably have never had the chance to get close enough to him to understand yeah. how he ticks. Yeah. Out of order here, but 2009, dreadful start to the year. 14th position, but you'd win nine of your last 12 to scrape into the finals on the back of that amazing run of Jared Haynes. You'd make the grand final again. Again, you were captain, this time against the Melbourne Storm. What stands out? Yeah, the thing that stands out was the, we started the year poorly. Uh, Daniel Anderson came back from the UK, and I, I was so excited when I heard he was coming back to coach us. Uh, Michael Hagen finished up in 2008. Yep. Uh, he came down from Newcastle. Um, Hagen was great. From like He was really good for me because we went from Brian to Michael Hagen. Yeah. He was very relaxed. and. Hags wasn't there for a long time, but he he helped me understand how to enjoy the game and how to enjoy training and yeah. and lighten up a bit. You know, I was, I was a bit of a serious sort of dude when yes. I was there, and uh, yeah, he really helped me enjoy footy and enjoy what I was doing because he was to the point where you know you're getting a bit older now, you you, you got to start enjoying yeah. enjoying it more. So that he was really good for me, and he finished up in 08, and then uh, Daniel came over from the UK, and we were up and down. Uh, he had to move a couple of players on. He moved Finchie on to – or they agreed to sort of part ways. Mm. So it was probably around eight or nine and Daniel was just sort of off the opinion. And he grabbed me one day and goes, you blokes are all soft. You're all soft. That's it. We've got to do something different. So him and Hayden Knowles, yeah. they organised a group of uh, boxers to come out from Blacktown, a Blacktown gym. Yeah. Uh, James Tahuna was just starting out. Yeah. Lucas Brown was just starting his career. So once a week we had we had this ring set up in our uh, gym. Once a week you had to get in and spar these boxes. I was there on the first day of it. We had the rest of the team around the ring, so there was yep. no out. You had to have a crack. Yeah. Um, the boxes would go pretty easy, but then once the boys started jeering you on, you're feeling good, you'd try hard and get a good whack on it. As soon as you did that, these boys would just yep. lay into you. We had to do this for six weeks. Um, Bertie broke his nose. I think yep. Hainsy got knocked out one day, and I remember having arguments with Hayden about it. Mm. So, mate, we can't be doing this. And I was just thinking about it the other day. We had a good chance. Could you imagine trying to do that these oh, days? Wouldn't so work. Yeah. We had, yeah, we did this for six weeks and then we just trained so hard and changed the way we played. Daniel got us going from a structured team into just playing footy, mm. pass the ball, offload the ball. He said, our forwards aren't big enough, so we need to move the ball. We need to tire teams out and support mm. and push. And we just got on a run and we just really enjoyed our footy. Like, just enjoyed it. Uh, and we didn't fear anyone. But I remember when we won our prelim and Melbourne had won theirs, Heine and I sort of turned to each other and went, oh, this is going to be hard. This, yep. this is going to be a hard game. They had a really good side. They were professional. We didn't fear anyone. Uh, and, again, it was a poor start. They got off to a 10-0 until uh, before we got mm. a try back. We were camping around line. 
Uh, we sort of made a bit of a comeback. It was a little bit of ja- deja vu, mm-hmm. I suppose, to 2001. Fui scored that amazing try uh, in the second half. Uh, but that whole week for me, I, you know, it was disappointing in the fact that I missed out a lot of the festivities because I was trying to get over the hamstring yes. injury. I got it, I hurt my hamstring the week before and I was able to pass the fitness test. Did everything I could in the fitness test, but then first carry, I tore my hamstring again. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I just said, mate, you got to keep playing. You can't go off now. So I played the whole game, well, you know, whatever role I had to do in the team. And um, it was just, it was disappointing. And then a lot of people talked about you know, the salary cap issues and all that the next year when it all came out. But I still, like, we were still good enough to beat Melbourne. We just mm-hmm. didn't play well enough on the day, particularly the start of our game. They jumped us early, which. They were very good at they. They knew how to play grand finals, um, so yeah, they jumped us and yeah, all that sort of stuff came out the following year. And people were like, oh, you should have it. You should. I said, no, nah, we didn't earn it. Even if they give it to you, if you don't earn it, then it's not going to feel mm. the same. But uh, yeah, yeah, firmly believed we had the team, we had the game to beat them. We just didn't play well in the first half. In that year, Jared Hayne, twenty-one, that run of form, Dalian medal, and in. Ten weeks, he had shot to superstardom. Yep. We've both known Jared for a long time. Confidence has never been an issue yep. for Jared. I'm not going to ask you if you had to. How many times did you have to, as captain, pull in the kid and pull his head in? Uh, yeah, there was a lot of lot of conversations they had with Jared. I, I got on really well with Jared. Uh, yep. you know, Jared's someone who's very confident, like you say, and. I don't. I don't think he sort of had a lot of. I don't know how to put this the right way. But I knew he respected me. I, I had a good connection with him. Um, you know, Jared sort of grew up. Him and it was pretty much him and his mother. Yeah. Um, he didn't have a father figure around there for a long, long time. So, you know, whether that was a little bit to do with 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 some other things that have happened, a bit yep. of leadership. So I just try to give him the guidance, not to come down hard. Um, just to try and guide him, and mate, I, I'm not sure about this. I, I reckon you should do this, and yep. you know, just have those little conversations there. I, I don't really believe in, and I'm someone who's I'm, I'll be very animated on the field, but off the field, I don't believe in the whole blow up and rant and rave thing. I, I don't. I just don't really believe in that too much. So, just try to put things into perspective for him. Hey legends, I hope you're enjoying this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. Would you like to be part of the team? Our sponsorship packages are ready to go from scripted ads to website placement and social media promotions, personal appearances, voice recordings and more. The opportunities are limited only by your imagination. You set the terms. Unfiltered is reaching hundreds of thousands of potential clients every single week. And we can cater to businesses both big and small. We'll work with you to guarantee you get exactly what you want, how you want, and when you want. Packages start from as little as $150. If you're interested in joining our team, go to our website and hit the sponsorship tab at andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. Should we have done more then? We thought we were all doing as much as we could. Mm. At, at some stage, you know, it sort of goes back to the old stake in the tree thing. Yeah. You know, you've got to have that guidance all the way through. And, um, you know, great young kid. I, I, I really sensed a real change in Jared when he left 
the game and went over to the, U, uh, the US. Yeah. Went and played with the 49ers. He came back that year, in the middle of the year, they had a break. He came back and I remember chatting to him and I went home to my wife and said, Jared's really matured. Yes. He's really agree. matured. He's, he's grown up. He's easy to talk to. Yep. He's holding conversations really well. Um, you know, as a young kid, I suppose he, he shot through and everyone talks about Jared shooting the stardom in 09, mm. but it was back in 06. He started as a 17-year-old. Yeah. Brian wouldn't put him in the team because he, he felt Jared's got to learn a bit more. But when JT took over, Brian yep. Smith um, finished up at Para mid-year. JT brought him straight in. He was a star right from the start, mate. Yep. He was scoring tries, taking intercepts. 07, he was outstanding. Yes. He, he polled a number of 10s in Rugby League Week. Mm. Him and Kristen Inu were enormous. Together, yeah. Yeah, so it wasn't just 09 all of a sudden. Um, it was a it was a sort of build up, build up, and then we started playing a style of footy that suited him. And didn't it? Yeah, yeah we we all sort of worked really well as a team. But um, yeah, I suppose I, I'm not going to sort of go into too much about Jared. But yeah, I love playing with him. I think mm. he sort of yeah he sort of he got tarnished with a little bit of a, a reputation. But now when you get to know the real person, he's very caring and yeah, and all that type of thing as well. As we sit here many years later, mate, which grand final loss hurts more? Which one do you look back and regard as the mischance? Mate, you said this was going to be an easy interview. <laughs> now you're bringing this question up. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely 2001. That hurts the most. 2009, we went on a, gr- a great ride. You know, we, we came from eighth and made yeah. the grand final. Like I said, we still we still believed we were good enough to win that game. We just didn't play, play right. 2001 yep. was definitely the one. And 2005. That really hurts as well. Yep. Uh, we were minor premiers that year. We'd beaten the Tigers, I think, three times that year. We'd beaten the Cowboys the previous time we played them by 50. Yep. And we just – I think we our heads had, had gotten to the following week. You'd already um, think about the GF. Yeah. So yeah. the lessons you take out of that as a player but also as a coach now as well uh, are important. Every day is just that day. That's all you got, mm. you know. And I suppose – Life with kids, you know, we're up here on holidays in Queensland, Sunshine Coast, and you sort of start to think about what you've got to do in a month's time or whatever mm. when you're going back to work. But just trying to be present and be in the moment, um, that's probably the biggest thing that we didn't do when we uh, we didn't have that success. You know, we just weren't in the moment. The mm. start of 2001 Grand Final, we weren't, we weren't ready at the start of the game. 2005, we just didn't turn up that day. and So they're the two most disappointing ones. Um, Namely for Brian, but also um, um, Peter Sharp. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people know Peter Sharp. He coached quite a fair bit at a few different clubs. He's at the Bulldogs now. Um, he was involved with a lot of us young guys as well, yes. teaching us about the game. Um, so sad and for him as well. But, you know, you got to you give it your best mm. at the time when you think it's your best and then you've got to take the lessons out of it you know, and just keep learning from it. You learn from those things and you reflect on it a lot. Gets easier the the more you reflect and the mm. more you think about it. But I mean, what's the most important thing for me uh, is that I raise a, a good family, good people, and I'm being of service to, to others now at mm. the moment, and and that's helping them learn those lessons as well. The things that that I learnt mm. as a player. So that's yeah, that's that's what you got to do. I, I believe you got to take the the good out of those shit situations. Born and bred in Australia, really proud New Zealand family. Yep. We're in the black year country. What does that mean to you? What does that mean to the family? Yeah, th- that was a big part of my decision to play for New Zealand was to represent mm. uh, not only my family back in New Zealand but mum and dad. Yeah. 
the the um, they were shocked. They were actually really shocked when I made the decision to play for New Zealand. They didn't think I would do that. They thought I was just going to play for Australia and, and all yep. of that. But they were really shocked. But uh, what I was proud of was um, the way that my parents moved over from Australia. They moved for my brother and I. They they knew they wanted to have a family and they wanted to move from New Zealand to Australia to give us the best opportunity that we could that we could have. And you know, it turned out. Turned out really well for us, but mm. I know my mum. She really struggled with it. She was from a family of ten brothers and sisters, multi family, very close. Yeah, and she really struggled without them. But they they had to make a big sacrifice. Dad moved over. He was working three jobs at some at one point to sort of get us going. Yeah. Uh, we never went without anything. My brother and I shared a bedroom till we were six. Till I was sixteen, he was fourteen. Uh, we grew up in a little house in Granville, and I remember the. Um, we were moving out and we were looking to sell the house and we had this little hallway and my brother and I used to just play tackle footy in this hallway. <laughs> and everyone's seen that movie, Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. You know how he's got the poster over the hole so where um, yeah. old mate had chipped the hole? Yep. Our house was like that. So we had – there were all these holes in the fibro wall. My dad just wallpapered over the top of these holes and just left the holes in the wall. Payless tackle we moved marks. Out. Yeah, we moved out and went, oh, man, I wonder what those people were thinking <laughs> that moved in once they discovered all the holes and the yeah. dents in the uh, the little – the walls there. But uh, really good memories um, of growing up there in that house. 39 times you'd wear the black of your country, 2008. The World Cup win, New Zealand's only World Cup win. You were captain. That puts you in the category of Kiwi royalty. How does that sit with you? Uh, yeah, I'm very comfortable with that. Very satisfied. I remember speaking to um, both Steve Kearney and Wayne on the field. They said, like, how do you feel? I said, I'm, I feel satisfied now. I was able to uh, lead a team and achieve something that um, had sort of uh, I wasn't able to get with, mm. with Para. Uh, and we'd had a couple of, you know, obviously had a couple of opportunities there we were already spoken about to, to achieve some success. So uh, to be the captain of the team was a little bit by accident. Uh, Roy Asatasi actually was injured, so he, he he couldn't be part of the squad. He was actually the, the captain at the time mm. and was killing it. Uh, Sonny Bill, that was when he'd left and, and gone to French rugby. Yep. He finished up with the dogs and... Uh, he, he'd gone over there, so we had a really young squad and nowhere near expect to do it to do anything well. Um, but what happened was Steve set a really good game plan for us, and he set a really good standard of training, along with Jeremy Smith, uh, Adam Blair was there as well. So yeah. they really they really brought that Melbourne hard edge of training and preparation. Yeah. And then Wayne just came in and just instilled belief. You know, we'd just get around to you and just tell you how good you were, tell you how good you played in this game, how good you played in that game. Darren Lockyer thinks you're one of the best players. Shane Webke hates playing. You Wow, and then you think back, you think back over and you think, was he, was that the truth or was he just telling bullshit? So, and I talked to Hayden Knowles a lot because he was the trainer there as well. And I'm, you know, forever grateful to be able to work with Wayne, but that's what he did. He just instilled belief in us, instilled belief. And, Probably went back to the um, centenary test early in the year. Yeah. was the first time that Wayne worked with us as a squad and I think we were down 20-0 against the Australians. Was that um, Greg Inglis? Mark uh, Gazzier. Mark yep. Gazzier, the flick over the head and all that, and they were pumping us. And we ended up coming back. We ended up playing really well in the second 50 minutes of the game yep. and made it pretty tight. So we came off the field and we were all pretty happy and mm. yahooing and Wayne just, he just blew up and explained it's not acceptable to lose. Doesn't matter, doesn't matter 
how you've performed or whatever it might be, it's not acceptable to lose. And we were like, we were all in shock. Going, What's he going on about? We, we played all right. We've yeah. done all right. But it was that whole, you know, don't accept. Yeah, don't accept. in second to Australia. So that started off then. He pretty much said, if you guys are going to be like this, I'm not going to be any part of it. This episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors, Galaxy Finance. Sponsors and personal friends that I trust, that I trust enough to go to with questions about my own finances. That's not a sales pitch, that's fact. Any questions, any queries, they have the solutions from home loan lending to complete financial planning. With official interest rates at an all-time low, the lenders want your business. With Galaxy Finance, they'll do all the work for you and find the best possible deal. They'll do it all. Get in contact, ask for Leanne, and mention Unfiltered for a free chat. A free chat. No obligations. A free chat just by mentioning Unfiltered. Galaxyfinance.com.au is where you can find them. So we had to change our mentality as a squad. We got towed up in the first game of the uh, World Cup by Australia and I think everyone just felt it was going to be a lay-down Mazaire. Went into the week of the final, there was a dinner they put on, uh, I think it was at Suncorp Stadium, they put on a, it was an international dinner yeah. and pretty much paraded the Australian team. Uh, they were the best team ever to play for Australia and they had all these positional awards. We hardly got a mention. I think Manu Vatavai got uh, a mention as winger of the okay. year. Uh, so we got on the bus uh, and Wayne said, that's it, we're going to beat these pricks, we're going to show them that they're not the best team. And that was a real um, real spark for us. And then in the game, they jumped out to a 10-0 lead. They jumped early and yep. then Darren Lockyer dropped the ball over the try line right next to the post, would have made it 16-0 after about 20-odd minutes. I remember thinking, I think we're under the pump here, we're just we're hanging on, we're struggling. And then we scored two tries. Jeremy Smith scored, and then there was the par. It was a deflection pass. Benji picked it up, uh, so we ended up going in up twelve ten at half time, mm. and then we had a couple of good things go away in the second half, and it was just yeah, it was just surreal to be on the field uh, to win that to do that, and yeah, really enjoyed it. And like I said, just really satisfying not only for myself but also to do it with the guys that we worked with, Steve Kearney was just starting out as a young coach. Um, great to have Wayne there and you just know why he has success wherever he goes because it's the way he makes players feel and the belief that he instills within them um, uh, and and the players that, that were there, a lot of young players there that were just starting their careers. A young Simon Mannering had just started out. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of good young players. Bronson Harrison was young. Yep. He actually wasn't even in the squad at the start of the tour. But we played a game against the New Zealand Mouldy and Bronson Harrison was their man. He was outstanding. Yeah. So we had an injury and we were tossing up who to bring in. It was either himself, it was either Bronson or Wella Haraki, young boy from Para. Yeah. And we decided to go with Bronson. He ended up starting in the World Cup final, scored a try, scored a couple of tries leading into that against uh, England in the semifinals and did really well and went on to have a really good career himself. World Cup winning captain, is it still free beers and burgers when you go back to New Zealand? I'd like to say yes, but no, I haven't been, <laughs> haven't been back there too much. Uh, you know, us Kiwis are pretty tight. We like to uh, look after Love our money. Um, but, yeah, the, uh, the, whole, the whole game really surged. New Zealand's a big rugby union country, right? Yep. 
the best best ever team to ever play any sport, the All Blacks, and always will be for what they've done. But there was a real surge in rugby league yeah, in New Zealand was. after we won the World Cup and, uh, you know, the New Zealand national team has been strong and able to set up some good pathways with the juniors and things like that. Just needs to keep that pathway strong. Uh, it's a shame that the Warriors haven't been able to play any home games back in New Zealand. They've been located over here for two years. Yeah. It sounds like they might have to be located over here for part of next year yeah. as well. So just that makes it hard for the game back home. Funding, no test matches for New Zealand Rugby League. Yep. They can't get any money. The sponsors are really sort of doing it tough. So where do you get the money to put into your grassroots mm. game? Uh, that's the challenge for New Zealand Rugby League. But, you know, hopefully once the, the international game gets going again, once we get through this whole COVID period, um, New Zealand's still holding on to that number one position. You know, we can get some good sponsorship and revenue going and, and continue to build the game back in New Zealand. This is the point of the interview where I ask you your career highlight and low light. I've got a feeling we've already spoken about the highlight. The 08 World Cup, is that it? Yeah. Oh, no. Like People ask me that. I said, yeah, it's probably a, a moment. It's a good moment. But all of it, like all, the highlight for me is the friendships that are created. Um, cool answer. Yeah, I, you know, for the last ten years, been going to Byron Bay for two weeks with our families, with um, Nate Highmarsh and Luke Burt. Still really close with Mick Vella, uh, guys that uh, created friendships with uh, throughout my playing career, and to see our kids sort of grow up together as well is is really special. So they're, they're, yeah. that's the highlight for me. The the people that I've met, um, great people I've met, the lessons I've learned, and the experiences the game gives you as well. But, uh, yeah, it's been good. Before we finish, a front rower kicking a left foot drop goal with three minutes to go against Newcastle in 2008 to win by one. We've just got to relive that once. Back across the back of the rack. Well, that's the end of the front rowers club for Kalis. But he struck it like he knew what he was doing. Not the highlight, though. Oh, not a highlight because it's never, <laughs> never in doubt. As soon as I hit it, it was never in doubt. And then I, and then the boys were giving it to me after the game, like, mate, you didn't even celebrate because the boys were passing the ball to each other. Piggy, Mark Riddell passed it to Finchie, and I was screaming out, "Kick the field goal, kick it!" And Finchie passed it to me because it was in my head. I just hit it, and I. As soon as I hit it off my foot, I knew, I knew it was going over. Then I turned around and started running back. I got to the halfway line and went, "Oh shit." I should stay. I need to go back and celebrate with the boys. I went, oh, I'm too far gone here. I've got to keep going. I've got to commit to it. And then I remember Peter Sterling on the commentary saying, look at him. It looks, it's like he does it every day of the week. Yeah. And that was the line. It's like, it was never in doubt, boys. Just got to get on with the job. And then we went upfield. Um, Robbo, actually, we talked about it a lot because he was assistant coach to Brian. I think Brian was the head coach there yeah. uh, at Newcastle when we beat them that day. And, um, yeah, we talk about it a lot. We got down the field. One of their wingers knocked on a grubber and then from the scrum, Birdie kicked the field goal to win. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was an indifferent year that year, 2008. We were really poor. Uh, we had a lot of drama off the field as well. Mm-hmm. But we come out of 06. We made the finals from nowhere under JT. Hayes came down 07. We lost the prelim to Melbourne down there in Melbourne. It was really tight. And then 08, we just didn't prepare well. We had a very inconsistent season. We had a really good team, but we were just poor um, in the way we played our footy and the way we prepared and sort of um, kicked us in the bum because we didn't make the finals, which was really, really disappointing that year. 
we sort of went up and down, up and down, and yeah, re- really disappointing. But yeah, the field goal was definitely a highlight that year. 259 club games, 39 test matches, a wonderful place in Parramatta, New Zealand and rugby league history. Nathan Kalis, you, sir, are a legend. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. It's been great. We hope you're enjoying this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. The Legends series drops at the start of your working week. It's in-depth, personal and highlights some of the game's finest from yesteryear. The weekly wodge drops in time for your weekend. It's full on and the hottest podcast on the market. Why listen to opinions when you can listen to interviews with the stars? And on every episode, you can hear up to a dozen different players and coaches, both past and present, giving their thoughts on the great game. It's fast-paced, full of footy and laughs. It's a must-listen. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you are listening. That way, you won't miss a thing. Every episode will drop immediately. Before you go, we'd love a five-star rating and review. It's not for ego, it's for business, as we look to expand the unfiltered brand and bring you more. Make sure you come back soon. Legends. Legends.